You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the next edition of the Mountain Rushwire Podcast Bowl Edition, the Mexico Bowl. If you found us and you're marshalling, marshal, not marshalling, a Marshall Thundering Herd fan, thank you because you are finding a place where hopefully we give you good info. And I'm Jeremy Moss, Matt Kennerly, and welcome to New Mexico, right? Welcome to the Gildan New Mexico Bowl. What is Gildan? Is it a... Uh, they're, they're a clothing company, aren't they? I think so. You know what we forgot to mention on our prior show? What's the bowl gift swag? We did not mention that. <laughs> Dang it. I, I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I don't concern myself with that too much gift sweets right that's what they all get gift sweets yeah maybe i'll look it up and find it. so yeah if you want some clothing i guess you got to patronize the gildan the mexico bowl las vegas bowl does not have a sponsor so they're somehow paying the teams some way or another but yeah we got the uh at dream style stadium if you're wondering thundering her taking on colorado state rams and i think if we sum up the ram season sort of a disappointment a little bit yeah, I mean, they we had kind of, well, I don't... I did. I don't know about we. we. I mean, we had high expectations of the Rams coming into this year. You know, we obviously thought that they were going to be a contender in the Mountain and for, you know, for a minute, you know, especially early in Mountain West play. They certainly looked the part. Like, they had a couple of close calls against, you know, Nevada and New Mexico, but they were able to kind of, you know, fight off the wolf pack and the Lobos and stuff like that. But I think the story of the season is, you know, kind of the 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 hindrances in this team kind of caught up with them down the stretch and that was where the season really turned it did so the, here's what the bowl and folks probably want to know what's going on the gildan to mexico bowl we'll get in gildan as much as we can maybe they'll give us a few bucks or maybe a t-shirt i don't know it is the second bowl game of the day it's on it's espn it is at uh, one uh, two thirty mountain time so we have overlapping bowl games here at the mountain west so pick your poison or just go dual screen right get that laptop tablet second tv hooked up to this game it's a current uh ram line as five and a half point favorite over the thundering herd out of conference usa and that's what we got for this particular matchup let's get to you should we get the uniform talk first of all because yeah let's do that people don't like the new the new helmet the rams are wearing really if you look at our face wait, 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 wait. are we talking about are we talking about rams fans that don't like it or are we talking about other fans who don't like it so far, a Boise fan, a Wyoming fan, and I'm assuming this person who put hashtag still sucks to be a Ram fan. Yep, or Ram, <laughs> yep, they are Wyoming Cowboy fans. So not Colorado State fans <laughs> like the helmets. The, Might not be a stretch to consider that Colorado State fans would be into the new design, though. I like it. I think it's nice. It look it sort of looks like Michigan State, but that's okay. I don't got a problem with it. No, it's it's. I just want to know if they're going for the stormtrooper look, because you got mm-hmm. you got Star Wars this weekend. Go white top, oh, yeah. white top, white bottom, white helmet. The the green. They have some good alternate helmets now. Uniforms. They got the orange for the Colorado A and M Aggies. They have the traditional green and gold, and now this. I like it. I think I, they got the they got the the state flag. Oh, uniforms. that's right, the state flag. I think that might be. 
I think at the end of the season with our postseason stuff, we need to kind of not kind of we need to rank maybe the uniforms of the year. And I would say that state flag one might be number one. To, to be continued. Yeah, we will talk about that later because we also have Air Force helmets and uniforms. But I like the helmet. I don't know what they're going to wear for, like, if it's going to be green or – Actually, it would be nice if they like, black and the white and green top or white white helmets. That would be interesting. That would be kind of interesting. Do we, yeah. do we know who the home team is? Because that would make a difference. <laughs> Off the chest, no, I would not know that. Well, how, <laughs> how do you not know that? Why not? What's the problem? <laughs> That's not – no. nobody should know that, right, unless you're – the uniform guys, right? <laughs> Should we get to the game? Yeah, probably. Let's get to the game. Let's not beat around the bush and sound like a bunch of dummies here. So, well, what do you want? What do you got next for us here? As we, well, I was going to say, you know, if, if we, in the same way that we just talked about the Rams, kind of, you know, what might have been this year, I think, you know, if they were to commiserate with Marshall fans down there in Albuquerque, they might share similar sentiments because, you know, at a glance, it kind of seems like the Thundering Herd had a pretty similar season where, you know, they had kind of a, a tough, you know, competitive loss at North Carolina State in non-conference play. But they, too, kind of looked like they could be Conference USA contenders for about a minute. And then, you know, roughly similar to CSU where, you know, the Rams lost three games down the stretch. You know, Marshall ended up losing for their last five. And, you know, some of those were, like, really hard luck losses where, you know, you go to UTSA and you score seven points, you know, and you give up, you know, two turnovers, one of which I think was, like, a really critical, you know, fumble that they had kind of deep in their own territory and stuff like that. And, you know, the the season finale, I believe it was against Southern Miss, you know, they lost by one point, and that one point was a botched extra point. Oh, boy. So... You know, I think one side can sympathize with the other, where, you know, both of these teams have talent. I think that's pretty evident. You know, both of these teams ran into a couple of hard times. But, you know, in the same way that we talked about with the Las Vegas Bull on our last podcast, I think that these two teams are a little more even than they look at first glance, too. You think so? So who's here is who the Thundering Because we know about, for those who normally listen to us, we know you get Nick Stevens, Izzy Matthews, Dalen Dawkins, all the guys running the ball. The uh, for Marshall, they have a they have a sim, almost a similar running back setup. Maybe not three deep, but they got guy Tyler King and Kellen Davis, both over a thousand yards combined, about thirteen hundred, four and a half yards of carry, pretty good. They have some breakaway ability, eleven touchdowns. Passing game with Chase Litton, he's a sixty percent is nothing to sneeze at. Twelve interceptions, probably not ideal. But he's had a couple 300-plus yard games this year, like when he played Florida International as a bowl team, NC State, that near victory, over 300 yards, 300 yards versus Mississippi – or, sorry, excuse me, not Mississippi State, Southern Miss. So they, he's been mostly up more than down, and he can – he doesn't run very well. He has too many negative yard plays, but you might be right. Like, the passing game is pretty solid. Rams' offense might be a tad better, but not by much. Here's a fun fact for you. What do you got? Did you know that Chase Litton and Nick Stevens are the only two FBS quarterbacks to throw all of their team's passes this year? I do. As you mentioned, I do remember someone pulling that stat out. That's pretty amazing. 130 teams, and there are only only two quarterbacks or only players on their team. 
they're the only two quarterbacks to have thrown all the passes on their team. So this means like no Rams did no wide receiver pass or anything, no halfback pass. Michael Gallup didn't throw a ball downfield once. No, just apparently not. Just, just wondering, just asking. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it's kind of interesting because, like, I mean, that's kind of like a one of those football oddities that you love so much. Yeah, but you know, I think they're fairly close to one another. You know, they they've thrown touchdowns to interceptions at roughly the same rate. You know, their sack rate is roughly the same rate. They're right. They're both just under two percent on the season, which I think is a credit to to both lines, obviously. You know, Stevens does have an edge as far as you know yards per attempt. I think he's right at 8.2, where Litton is at 6.7. So, I mean, it's not perfect, you know, one-to-one kind of deal. I think one thing you mentioned that is a fairly good point is, you know, they do give, or they do give the workload as far as the ground game in very similar ways. But I don't think there's any doubt that Colorado State has the best guy in the backfield and Dalen Dawkins. No, you're right. Cause what Dawkins have done this year, he has more carries. He has 1300 yards. Gallup, sorry. No, they both have 1300 yards. Excuse me. He's ran the ball a lot more. And even with Richard body, he's only ran 44 times. He's a guy that's four touchdowns. So basically one mm-hmm. every 11 touches, he scores. So, and then even like Nick Stevens can do a little bit. I guess that one big runs a big 40 yarder, but yeah, Dawkins, they, well, they have the same setup, but Dawkins is by far the best running back in the field. And quarter, yeah, yeah. Even Nick Stevens, like you mentioned, that yards per attempt difference makes up an extra six hundred yards, comparatively speaking, between the two. And then we haven't mentioned mm-hmm. Michael Gallup, so maybe the Rams' offense is better overall than Marshall than we're thinking or talking about, right? Because yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, Bl- Blitnikoff finalist. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean that's definitely true. Like you know, obviously Colorado State has their one guy, but also you know. Other guys like Detrick Clark, Dalton Thackrell have been you know, key contributors on this offense. What's interesting to me is that, you know, while Marshall doesn't necessarily have that one Gallup type playmaker, they do still spread the ball around fairly evenly. You know, like one thing that they may have that Colorado State will have to contend with is, you know, they have a tight end that's also pretty good, too, and Ryan Juracek, you know, 47 catches, 430 yards, nine touchdowns. And, you know, as far as the other guys who have at least 30 targets on the season, every single one of them averages over 12 yards a catch, which, you know, I think makes them fairly even match with what the Rams have done themselves this year. You know, same thing where, you know, all five of the guys that have caught 20 passes for the Rams this year, you know, Fackrell, Dawkins, Clark Johnson, Michael Gallup, all of those guys are averaging at least 12 yards a catch too. So I don't think that just because they don't have the guy making the highlight catch week in and week out, doesn't mean that they're not a dangerous passing offense. I think to me, you know, what Colorado state can do to make their lives a lot easier is shutting down that running game because you know, if you look at the numbers, they are, oh, they're okay, I guess. Like, they're, they're top two guys, Keon Davis and Tyler King. You know, they combined for about 1,300 yards, but the yards per carry do leave a little something to be desired. Like, they're they're right around 
four and a half, I think. Yeah, and, which is yeah. you know again good but not great. But if you look at the more advanced numbers, you know, rush, rushing success rate, for instance, 129th out of 130 teams. Not good. You know, stuff stuff rate, which we talk about, you know, getting pushed backwards on the ground, 122nd. You know, opportunity rate, they're dead last, and so. Colorado State's run defense has been a little bit shaky this year. You know, in in conference play, they ended up finishing eighth and giving up right around 5.2 yards per carry. But I think there's an opportunity here for them to kind of finish the season on a high note, especially if that front seven, you know, and I'm thinking about guys like Josh Watson in particular, who, you know, has 12 run stuff, but he only has four tackles for loss. If, he can get in there and, and be dis- as disruptive as someone like Evan Colorado has been a little more consistently this year. You know, Colorado has 11 tackles for loss. I think we were expecting a little bit more of that from this Rams front seven. And I think that this is a good opportunity for them to kind of live up to that. So really quick, get yeah, a possibility. I'm looking at a few other things here. So did you know the, uh, this defense was in tops in conference USA? Number one in rushing defense. Interesting. Well, not, sorry, not overall. I'm looking at the uh, where I'm at here. Chuck Landon had a piece over at the Herald Dispatch. They're number one in rush defense, no, number two in scoring defense. Can't don't care yourself. Conference USA isn't amazing, but they have some good teams. Like Florida Atlantic can score a lot of points. There's some teams in this conference, but or it would, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, yeah, they're not Sun Belt anymore. I forget. Sorry, but they place zero play zero defenders on the first team, which is that's interesting. Yeah, and they. It, they uh, had, I'm trying to care, like Chase Hancock, 120 tackles, not first team, all conference player. They also didn't get any consideration for a newcomer of the year where they felt, he felt it should have been Tyree Brady. So I don't know. And this is voted on by the coach. This isn't just uh, some random, not random, but just media guys, but like Ty Brady, Tyree Brady, the right receiver for Marshall, newcomer coming in, figured what he's did or what he's done. He would be potentially being the best newcomer, I guess, with him. Seven touchdowns, 777 yards, pretty good. But it looks like either they're getting disrespected or they're underrated. I don't know. Or It's kind of odd to have like the best defense of no players on the first team. Yeah, well, I mean, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to look at the numbers as you're talking, and it is really interesting because you know within conference play, the herd ended up finishing tied for third in tackles for a loss as a team. But when you look at what they've done individually, you know, on the year, they've got exactly one guy in the top 30 as far as tackles for loss, and that's linebacker Chase Hancock. You know, if you break it down by conference play, which, you know, is what I was looking at before, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, one, two, three, four guys who have five tackles for loss. So they don't necessarily have, you know, one guy. Like a, like a Curtis Weaver or, you know, like you know, to, to think about Conference USA, they don't have someone like Marcus Davenport over at UTSA. What they do have is, you know, a bunch of guys who've done a little bit of everything. Like, you know, Hancock, you know, Marcus Couch had five and a half tackles in conference play. Omari Cobb, sophomore linebacker, had five and a half tackles in conference play, or tackles for loss, rather. So that might be part of the answer. You know, we look at, uh, at run stuffs over at Football Study Hall. They've got five different guys who have at least 10 run stuffs by by their count. When you compare that to what Colorado State has done, they only have two guys, Watson and Colorado. 
So, you know, even if they don't necessarily have a star, you know, this is a unit that has shown that they can make plays, I think. Exactly. And so one thing, too, I'm reading another article from the coach, not from the coach, but what Doc Holliday has said. Like, he knows his defensive line is going to be a challenge because, remember, we got Jake Bennett, Zach Goldich, both all-conference first-team Mountain West players. And so and he's talking about they need the whole team to field goals, not touchdowns, which is obvious, but they did it versus UTSA, but not their loss where they give up 28 total points, all touchdowns. So it makes sense if you can keep them out of the red zone because they have the uh, Rams have, uh, what's his name? Sorry, uh, Fackrell. Are all, I believe, aren't all six of his touchdowns red zone touchdowns, I believe? Dalton Fackrell? Uh, I believe so, yeah. So, yeah, get, keep out of the red zone is a pretty big deal. And he's just basically saying when he field goals, not touchdowns, and they'll be challenged on their defensive line. Needs to, sounds like they need to maybe have their best game of the year. I mean, I wonder if he realizes that there's more truth to that. Than, than it seems at first glance because, yeah, first part, hold them to field goals. And I think that when you look at the numbers, Marshall's done that more often than not. Like they're in the top they're in the top 30 nationally as far as points per trip inside the 40. They're giving up a shade under four points per. Compare that to Colorado State, you know, on their defense, they rank 91st nationally. They're giving up 4.68, which, you know, may not seem like much, but that's what, one or two drives a game? where someone's getting a touchdown rather than a field goal. Conversely, you know, that I think is where things could make a significant difference because Colorado State has a huge advantage on offense as far as finishing drives. They rank 42nd, Marshall ranks 106th. And I think maybe some of that comes down to the fact that they've had to be so one-dimensional at times. You know, for as good as Chase Linton has been, maybe that's not necessarily his strong suit. I'm trying to look up what he did in in the red zone. And, you know, he was good because yeah, he did have 14 touchdowns, but he did also complete just 52% of his passes in the red zone. And he did have two red zone interceptions. So maybe there are opportunities there for the Rams to, you know, if they can create pressure, Maybe they can force Litton into a mistake because that was one of those things that really turned the UTSA game in the Roadrunners' favor. I'm trying to remember when exactly it was. Um, you know, he threw an interception deep in his own end zone, or not deep in his own end zone, but deep in his own zone. He was like within his own, uh, he was at his own 11 and he threw an interception. And while UTSA didn't convert it, you know, that tells me that they're there's an opening for this Rams defense to create opportunities for its offense to create separation, if that makes sense. There is, but one thing too, one weakness for the Rams defense is the passing game for the pass defense. So look for their, look for the, him to have big, big passing games, letting connecting with Brady there or connect even deep passes. They have what, at least six passes over 40 plus yards. And I know the, mm-hmm. I know week one's kind of a long time to go back to, but when the Rams played Oregon State, they started off just going downfield, and it had to, again had to been more accurate. That could have had a different ending. So downfield passing yeah. is still a concern. So that's something they need to either get a pass rush or do something because they have talent out there, and that's probably where Marshall could win if they could expose if the Rams can't get a pass rush, and they give their quarterback Litton back there a time to throw. It could be a lot of points. Like a, a not that well. That's the way they could win. And also could lead to like a shootout where it's like that Nevada game when they 45-42. Mm-hmm. And one other quick note I'm reading through about going back to the other side of the ball real quick. 
well, we know the Rams like to throw the ball kind of quick. They'll do like those fast passes to Michael Gallup and other guys. Yeah. So yeah. if they can't get a pass rush, well, that's a possibility. So Marshall has a guy who uh, six foot seven, defensive lineman. So you got to watch out for what's his name here, uh, Ryan. B. Yeah, I was looking for his first name. I saw B. I'm like, where's his first name? Yeah, six foot seven. So watch out for those screen passes because if he throws a little soft screen to body or dockage or something, that could be an interception by B there. Or if you're going to do a quick pass, he gets a hand up. That's uh, it's a good weapon to have on defense if you can't get to the quarterback. Or they're always like stick a hand up, and if you're six seven, that's gonna be a pretty big hand in your face. Well, it'll be interesting to see too how often they match Gallup up with you know, Marshall's sophomore quarterback Chris Jackson, because you know on the whole, I think it's fair to say that the herd's pass defense has been pretty solid, but I think that Jackson's been the guy where you know when they need a big play. You know, he's been the one to give it to them because they only had four interceptions in conference play. And, you know, Jackson ended up with eight pass breakups and actually he only had one interception. <laughs> but, you know, he's but he has three on the season. So I guess what I'm trying to say overall is, you know, are they going to keep Gallup away from him on the field or are they going to let him try to beat their best defender one on one? So that'll be interesting. To, to see how the Rams decide to play that. So, how do you think this game's going to turn out then? Because we have the Lions, five and a half for the Rams. It's an over-under, shoot, was it 55 points, I want to say? I think there could be... I don't have that information in front I of me. I apologize. 58 and a half. I'm looking at it incorrectly. 58 and a half, which is a lot of points. I'm thinking the Rams are going to give up points because their defense gives up points. I, I'm going to pick the Rams to win. I don't know if they'll cover, though. I think it might be like a 35-32 game, something like that. I think it's going to be close because I think Marshall's offense will do just enough to get either extra field goals or score the points. I don't see them – that's stupid to say score points and get field goals. But I, I just think it'll be where – it might be whatever defense makes the big play first. And I don't know if either defense can really do that. But I still think the Rams have more, they'll have more chances to score points just because who they have. Because running game's better. Receiving game overall is better with Michael Gallup. The offense overall is just better. It's just that Marshall defense, it's good. Excuse me, offense is good. It's just not as good as the Rams. I know that's kind of very simple, what we're saying, but Marshall scored points this year. Problem is, a few times they play some decent teams, they struggle. And the only way the Rams are going to limit points is if they get to the quarterback. Because... I don't still don't really trust their secondary. Look what Nevada did against them. Like when they played Ty Ganji, he lit them up for what four touchdowns or whatever, however many touchdowns Boise state had that comeback in overtime with a good quarterback. They lost to Wyoming, but that was a little bit different game, but they give up points. You know what I mean? It's like there's games where they get, give up too many points. And I think Marshall has the ability to score points. I just don't know. They'll be able to score enough points to beat the Rams. My intuition says take the over in this one. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because I think that among all of the Mountain West's bowl games, I think this one's going to be the highest scoring one. Out of all, out of all the games? Wait, like wait, out of all the games? Yeah. Out of all six of them, yeah. You don't think San Diego State Army could have put up a lot of points? I think this one's probably first to 40. First to 40. Because so you got Fresno-Houston. I don't see a ton of points in that game. Wyoming, not going to be able to score any points. Unless there's a bad defensive game, New Mexico State, Utah State, that's the only way I could see a lot of points. <laughs> because defense, maybe, no, I, I think I'd agree with you. I'd say 
yeah, I, I'd go with that. Because, I mean, I'm kind of with you. Like, we, we kind of know what Colorado State is. They're a great offense that's sometimes hindered by a, a suspect defense. But I think that, you know, while Marshall has a lot of similar strengths, like, they're similar, but they're like, I don't know, 80% of what Colorado State can do on a good day. So I do, I'm, I'm with you. I think the herd are definitely going to be able to score some points in this game. But I think the Rams ultimately kind of hold off Marshall in the long run. So I'm going to take Marshall to cover, but I'm going to take Colorado State to win, and I'm going to say 41-38. 41-38. Another three-point game. So just here's how the computers have this game pointed out, um, not pointed out, going for score-wise. 32-26 Rams from team rankings. 35-27 number fire. I don't know. I, I'm still going to go a little below. I'm going 35-32. That's more than the over. But, no, 35-30. I'll go with that's the easier number to get to. Just because we've already mentioned the whole the whole show here that the Rams defense, can't stuff can happen against them. But I just think, overall, Colorado State's offense, the Rams offense is too much. Because if, if Nick Stevens has a good game, like, I would, I would not be surprised if they score 50 points in this game. I don't think they will, but that wouldn't shock me if they get above 50. I think that's fair to say. All right, let's get to the bull gifts. We did not discuss bull gifts, the mo- the very important bull gifts, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, oh, crap, I closed the page. Maybe not. Ah, I guess we'll have to talk about it next time. I closed the tab out. I did notice a giant fidget spinner, spinner when I was looking it up. So that's uh, sort of something, right? Do you uh, we can we can leave it to for the recaps? How about that? Sure, we'll look at it later. Look at it later. I had it, I had it up here. I was going to talk about it, but I closed the tab out. So you can blame me if you want, right? To not know what the Rams gifts are, but you probably already can know and look it up. But I I can guarantee one thing on that list: something from Gildan. <laughs> a nice a nice t shirt. T shirt or belt? What is Gil? Yeah. What is Gildan? Hey, hey, hey. what? What? Don't no. I was gonna say, you know, pe- people need shirts. I, I thought you were gonna say, don't mock a belt or something. No, <laughs> <laughs> that too. All right, that's our that's our weird way to end the show talking about clothing. I guess it's better than food or um, ham again. I guess so. There's always that. So. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Mountain West Wire, your your one stop athletic wear podcast sure we'll go with that check us out <laughs> we are at mwr.com where we're more serious and written word the podcast we get weird sometimes wait till the off season folks because we're not going to stop at all we'll keep going but blog talk radio itunes stitcher tune in basically if you ask alexa it might play your pop might play your podcast i don't know do you use alexa or google Ooh. home i i do neither i don't know if i trust that kind of technology yet but you know what if you do let us know let, let us know if that actually works. I do use voice on my phone sometimes to open apps. Every now and then I'll ask, I'll ask it. To, it works pretty well. And I ask Spotify to play a song. Cause my little girl's like, I got to use Alexa at my friend's house. I'm like, watch this. So I'm like, Hey Google, open Spotify and play song X. And what do you know? It plays that song. So, so there's a way to get dipped into the water for voice search. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a show we're going to end right there because that's all we got. Again, MWR.com. Oh, apparently when I said that, my phone started to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, see, it, all right. I think we, I think we got to shut it down before things get out of hand. I don't want them to hear our conversation, but yeah, that's the show for tonight. So, see you next time again. MWR.com.